guys. Welcome back to Revive School. Here we are, Lesson 41. Now, yesterday we talked about the importance of 40. When I think of 41, I think of one thing, Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> I thought you were going to say President Bush. No. Uh, Dirk just recently retired, so here in Dallas, that's all that anybody talks about. He was with the team over 20-plus years, and anyway, it has nothing to do with Revive School. So thank you, Dirk, for your service to this, this city. He played for the Dallas Mavericks. All right, here's the deal. We've talked about 2 Corinthians, the treasure. That's the one word, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Kevin, if you'll go there again, you know, we always have this one word that describes each book of the Bible. And here you have an incredible painting by Mindy. It is just, it is unbelievable to me. It's so powerful about how it says, now we have this treasure in clay jars. So that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. And so this power, this treasure inside of it is Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, like God wants to speak through us. He wants to move through us. And specifically, how does that apply to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9? Well, specifically, he says, guys, I've given you gifts. I've given you faith and speech and knowledge and discernment. But man, I've given you the gift of giving. And I want to make sure that a year ago you said you were going to give to the poor Jewish believers. And I want you to keep doing that. And so in 2 Corinthians 8, that's what we talked about. But it sounds weird. But in 2 Corinthians 9, that's what we're going to talk about again. Here's what I think is interesting. In churches today, uh, I I do believe pastors teach and preach on giving. I don't think it's often. And I think think many of the reasons why it's not often, which people do do that. I'm not saying we don't teach on it. But we're afraid that when we communicate this, it's like, oh, pastor's asking for money again. I mean, that's that's the feel. Like we're asking about like we're talking because we teach on giving that it almost feels like you're making an ask. And that's not the case at all. Paul is saying, look, you guys, there's a massive benefit to you giving. And I want you to understand what the benefit is for yourself and what is the benefit for them. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm just talking about the full experiencing the fullness of God. And so he begins to unpack these five encouragements about why you should give. And in the first five verses, Wearsby, Warren Wearsby here, you're giving... He says, <laughs> your giving will provoke others. Okay, Kevin, without even reading the first five verses, you, you hear this. Your giving will provoke others. What is that? What, what do you think about when you hear this? If I give, somebody else is going to give. Okay, so if you sow into a project, you talk about it. Maybe Rich or Tom, the hope would be that they would do that. I actually had a really interesting thought today. I was going to the post office and I was picking up these checks that people sew into Time Revive. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable how people sew into us. And we see this. People give to Time to Revive. And what happens? They talk about it. And then others give to Time to Revive. Like, I was just, I was like, man, what an awesome, <laughs> we're so thankful how people sow into this ministry so that we can keep doing this. And your giving will provoke others to do the same. So now in verse one, it says, now concerning the ministry to the saints, It is unnecessary for me to write to you. In other words, look, I've already covered in chapter eight. I don't need to write about it, but you know what he does? He does it anyway. Now, Maya, Nadia, Selah, I don't really need to talk to you about being nice, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Like That's exactly what Paul's doing. Jude, I need you really, would you just stop randomly throwing a ball at your sister? I don't need to, I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Like that's, that's... (laughs) That was a nice version. Uh, Do you know we had two balls get stuck in the trees this last weekend? Like, Sounds like you need to have a talk with them. 
Like he's saying, oh, by the way, this isn't really that important anymore. Oh, but I'm going to write another whole chapter about it. Like it's a classic parent move to his kids, right? And he says, for I know your eagerness and I brag about you to the Macedonians. (laughs) He's like, hey, Macedonians, you have given, have you heard about the Corinthians? Achaia has been prepared since last year. And your zeal has stirred up most of them. This, this to me is a jealousy component, is it not? Like word is spreading. They're going to give. So by the way, it's going to encourage somebody else to give. And in verse three, so he says, but I sent the brothers. Remember Larry, Daryl and Daryl, right? I sent tight. I sent Titus and the two brothers. Uh, so our boasting about you in the matter would not prove empty. So, so just in case. I know you've made this promise to give, but I'm going to send them anyway to make sure we can collect your pledge charges and your cash. That's what he's saying, right? Don't just talk about it. So I need you to be prepared. I'm sending the guys. I need you to be ready. So uh, make sure you have all the collection already there. Like, let's be efficient with our time. I love that. That's what he's saying. So then he says in verse four, for if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, which remember they were stirred because of your giving. We, not to mention you, everybody's embarrassed. Please don't do that. It's an embarrassment to everybody. Corinthians, own up to what you're saying. The brothers, (laughs) now I want to say they're from Kentucky. The brothers from Kentucky are coming. Please don't embarrass us. I need you to collect the money. Kevin, what's the money for in case somebody missed yesterday? Uh, To help the poor. To help the poor where? In Jerusalem. And who are the poor rich? Jews. And specifically... Believers in Jesus. Yes, Jews that believe in Jesus and Yeshua. I need you to already have the collection ready. Don't be like, uh, I got to get the basket. I got to go to all my neighbors. Don't, don't, Don't do that. Just already have this thing ready. Otherwise, an embarrassment to me and to you. So let's just save face and get that out of the way. Your giving will provoke others. Verse five, therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange. I love that he calls them the brothers. Uh, Jude calls his sisters, sisters. Hello, sisters. You know, like they all have names. Like I'm sending the brothers arrange in advance the generous gift you promised. Don't you love this? He's already prepping. Like, by the way, this generous gift that you're going to be giving, I can tell it's going to be sizable. I can tell it's going to be big. So please have it ready as a gift and not as an extortion. Okay. What does that mean, Kevin? In other words, if if you're ready and really want to give it, I shouldn't have to come take it from you. There's no collections. It's whether the brothers are nameless. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they're there. The brothers are going to come and collect. Don't make us just grab it from you and be like, hey, we got it for the Jewish guys. Let's get out of here. This isn't a midnight collection. This is have everything ready for the Jewish believers. So remember, your giving is going to provoke others. Please don't embarrass me. Because Paul was the one who helped found the church. And there's nothing worse than going back to an environment and the church is in shambles. Now remember, let's really look at this picture. Corinth is a city that's a mess. Debauchery, sin, sexual stuff, drinking, uh, all, all of these things are being abused. Idol worshiping, laziness. And Paul knows that. Like may, maybe you're going to be distracted. Please don't do that. Please remember that you are saved. Seriously, we're going to even get to that this week. And I need you to live it out. 
And so then he says in verses 6 through 11, and hang on here, okay? When I say this, okay, don't automatically read into something, okay? Your giving, okay, will bless you. Your giving will bless you. Oh, wait a minute. All right, red flags. No, relax. I'm going to read verse 6 and back up exactly what it says. Remember this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Okay, those are farming terms, Kevin. What does that even mean? Uh, if he plants few seeds, he gets few crops. And then it says, and the person who sows generously will reap generously. So what does it mean, sowing, Kevin? What does that look Planting. like? Planting. Planting. So you're sowing generously, and then what will happen if you sow generously? You get a harvest. So if you plant a lot, you should get a lot. If you don't plant a lot, you're not going to get much. So I think it's okay to say, because in verse 6, it's exactly what it says. It has this in, in principle of, and this comes from Warren Wearsby again, and I say that because this is not a prosperity mentality. When people hear this, if you take this out of context, and so there is a, first of all, there's a principle, okay, of increase. We reap and measure as we sow. Go to, can you go to Luke 6, verse 38? Uh, you know, Jesus uses this as an image of the law of harvest, which is what we're talking about. But in Luke 6, verse 38, it has the same mentality. Give and it will be given to you. This is, this is Jesus talking now, you guys. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Jesus is talking about the same thing. If you want to go to an Old Testament mentality, let's go to Solomon. Let's go to Proverbs uh, 11, 24, and 25. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. It has the same mentality. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. Verse 25 then. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. Yeah, it's, it's a common principle that we see. Look, I'm not calling this karma. But people do that. I'm just I'm making the distinction here because I'm, I'm using language that other religions use. Oh, yeah, if you do this, then this will happen to this. All I'm using is the words of Christ. So don't take it that way. OK, I just want to say Christ says, look, you pour into this. This is going to happen in Proverbs. Solomon says the same thing. It, giving Nelson's commentary says this is like sowing a seed. The amount of harvest is determined by the seed sown. You can't be cheap. So Corinthians, I need you to understand what you give is actually in a crazy way going to come back on you. And then if you would go one more, Kevin, Proverbs 19, 17. Don't get nervous, you guys, by this language. It's scriptural. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says, kindness to the poor is alone to the lend, uh, is alone to the Lord and he will give a reward to the lender. You sow into the poor people. You're like, hey, God, I'm giving you a loan. And then God says, good, now I'll reward you. Like, what an awesome principle. The principle of increase. When you give, it will actually bless you. Scripture talks about this. And then look in verse 7. Each person, person, each person, person, <laughs> each person should do as he has decided in his heart. Have you ever had that thought? Somebody says, you hear this. You hear this in your head, okay? It's the Holy Spirit I need you to give them $500. And you're like, did anybody hear that? Okay, good. <laughs> no way. 
Like you're not supposed to give out of regret or out of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. Kevin, this goes back to what we talked about yesterday. You give enthusiastically and you give it with joy. You give this even out of deep poverty. Like you keep giving. And when you hear from the Holy Spirit, because as you have the treasure of Christ inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, and give it away and give it away with joy. Like I've always had this understanding and this mentality of like giving away is almost to the point where you're laughing about it. Like you're just having fun with giving this. And so there is this principle of, as Wearsby says, not only just of increase, but of intent. I'm going to give. I've decided I'm going to give. And I love this because when you do, you guys, something just feels right. Hey, Corinthians, I need you to give because, by the way, it's going to increase. And I need you to do it because... (laughs) Because you actually heard from the Lord about this. There's a lot more that builds on this. In verse 8, Kevin, if you'd go there, please. Scripture says, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Now, there is the last thing that uh, Wiersbe talks about. This is an interesting one. The principle of immediacy. Okay, the principle of immediacy. What that means is, is like you hear from the Lord. I'm intentionally going to give. And then at that moment, I'm telling you guys, you need to give. Don't process this and say, well, if I give, I'm not going to have enough again for my beans and my hot dogs. Well, I have to buy gas for my lawnmower. I have to actually put gas into my car. I have to actually feed my kids. I have to, you name it. There's always a new expense with my kids. Always. There's always the next thing. Do you know how many birthday parties we have with four kids? You know, it's like, well, $15, $25, $30. This kid likes this. I mean, it's always. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, man, I just had a missionary just ask me to give them an, an additional 50, bu- 50 bucks a month. And in your mind, you're like, well, that's birthday. Like, that's what we do. But when God says you give, there's an, a principle of immediacy. Then, then give. He says in verse nine, this is Paul talking. And remember, his brothers are coming. Titus and the brothers are coming to collect. So I need you to get ready. And I need you to understand why you need to do this. He says in Second Corinthians nine, nine, as it is written, he scattered, give to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This is kind of a cool picture. I just want to do this. Go back to Psalm 112, verse nine. Paul is actually quoting a psalmist. Psalm 112, verse nine says he distributes freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. I mean, Paul is quoting a psalmist. And basically, the good person's acts of generosity endures forever. These acts will bring eternal blessing, you guys, to those who they give to. Like, this is the mentality that we're talking about. Now, in verse 10, it says, Now the one who provides seed for the sower. Okay, so God's ultimately the one who provides, correct? God's ultimately the one who's giving the money to the Corinthians. He says he provides the seed for the sower and bread for the food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So relax. God already has it in in place anyway. He's going to give you the provision and he's going to bring forth the increase. Do you hear this? He's going to give you the provision and he gives you the increase. Now, in verse 11, okay, what happens is in verses 10 and 11, this is the, the, the prosperity theology in America. This is really what happens, you guys. 
They use these verses. These are the verses that they use. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. And so here's what happens, okay? People have this language of if you give, you're going to be enriched in everything. So I want to do something. Uh, this might seem a little extreme, uh, but I want to do this because I feel like our society is confused about giving. Uh, there are churches all over Texas. I don't even have to go into the United States that preach prosperity theology. You follow Jesus and he's going to give you whatever you need. By the way, in fact, what I do see with Christ is that when you follow him, he says, I don't even know where I'm going to put my head. I don't even know where I'm going to put my head. I don't even have a pillow. Like this is the mentality. Like Jesus asks us to walk the narrow path, not the wide path. The narrow path is, a, is actually hard. Can he bless us on the narrow path? Absolutely. Can he give you an amazing meal? Absolutely from Texas Roadhouse. I'm serious. But you don't do these things so that you can have the Texas Roadhouses all the time. Like your goal is not to receive the blessings of material blessings. Your goal is to receive the spiritual rich, richness from Christ's poverty. Like it's for us to experience his characteristics in our life. And so here's there's five theological errors. OK, the Gospel Coalition, I, I, they have different perspectives at times. And I like this perspective on this one. Basically, what they do is they come up with five errors, just five general things of what people do with prosperity gospel. I just want you to be aware of it. That's all. Like there could be some things in here. You're like, I don't really agree with that. That's okay. But I think that when you come into environments of congregations or teachings, I just want you to have your antennas up, watchmen on the wall saying, is this of the Lord and does it align with scripture? That's all. That's all I want you to do. So number one, one of the errors is, okay, is that they use, uh, and, and I've heard this, and if people aren't careful, they'll hear me talk about this. And here's what I mean. The Abrahamic covenant is a means to material entitlement. Okay, so I'm just going to write down the Abrahamic covenant. Now, Kevin, you and I kind of just we both kind of nod our head here because in Genesis 12, verse three, they do it in Genesis 12, 15, 17 and 22. Scripture says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with content. Well, what this is talking about is that when you sow into and you bless Israel, the scripture says you will be blessed. If you decide to turn against Israel, you will be cursed. And so what people say is, is, well, here's how it's going to happen. I'm going to pour all my money into Israel. Why? So that I can get all kinds of money back. That's the whole wrong motive. But the Abrahamic covenant, people will say, leads to material entitlement. Kevin, that's not what we're talking about here. You bless them because scripture says that's what we're supposed to do. You bless them, yes, it happens to be that you be blessed, but you're not doing this so that you can get a bigger car, a bigger SUV, a larger home. Like that, That's the whole wrong motive, so don't hear that message. But people, that's what people do. People use this, and they what do they do? Just enough to twist it so it works. That's exactly what Satan did, you guys, after he interacted with Jesus after the wilderness. He took the truth just enough to make it work for Jesus, and Jesus recognized the blatant temptations, and he says, basically, get out of here. So you have to always counter this message with the word of God. What's the word of God actually says? Okay, uh, another one. This is kind of ridiculous. Please understand me. Okay, these aren't my views. I'm just communicating. This is a false. Uh, I should probably write that up here if somebody reads this. Okay, false theology. Okay, when it comes to prosperity. 
Number two is that Jesus's atonement, this is an interesting one, extends, hang in here with me on this one, it's a little bit deeper, to the sin of material poverty. Uh, And there's verses, you guys, that these guys use all the time. Um, How would I describe this? Because of what Christ did on the cross, as we talked about in Romans, he then abolishes any, I mean, it goes back to Kevin, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. That's really all it is. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. They abolish this whole mentality of, of poverty. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, and this is what we talked about yesterday, so that by his poverty, you might become rich. So because of Jesus's death and burial, no longer are you quote unquote poor. But if you're not careful, it's a, it's a, and it is, it's a super shallow perspective that's all this is. It's a shallow perspective of the word of God. But if you're not careful and you don't have somebody that's teaching you depth, you're not teaching you meat, you have a false teacher, a false apostle. They're going to teach this stuff to you. Hey, look, look what it says. Somebody comes into the church first time they knew they knew Christ. Well, that's awesome. We can become rich. Wow. Like if they don't have a teaching about this, you guys, that's what they do. Jesus's death on the cross leaves the material possessions. Are you kidding me? Be careful of these teachers, please, today. It's killing the gospel, not literally because the gospel will penetrate. It's just it's it's muddying the waters. Okay, another false theology. Uh, (laughs) I mean, this is kind of an obvious one, but they say, hey, look, if Christians you give. In order to I'll just put it, I'm going to shorten it in order to gain Mark 10, verse 30. This is what they do. Mark 10, verse 30. Christians give in order to gain again, false theology of a prosperity message. Okay, Mark 10, verse 30. Uh, here it is. Who will not receive a hundred times more now at this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. Kevin, this is what they're talking about. Completely out of context. <laughs> hey, sweet. A hundred times more. Wow. If I give now and Kevin, there's messages on the radio and TV today. You give a thousand dollars. You'll get ten thousand dollars. You give a hundred dollars, you'll get, you know, a hundred thousand. They, they always do the math. Like, and this is what they, they go to Mark 1030. False, false theology, prosperity. This is written out by the gospel coalition, David Jones. Uh, and, and this one's a hard one. Okay. And this is where some people like without discernment, they walk into this process. Faith. They talk about faith. Okay. This is number four. Okay. It's a self generated. Okay spiritual force, hang in here, okay, that leads to prosperity. So if I have the faith that this can happen, you will get prosperity. I mean, it's just a general message that they communicate. If I have faith that this mountain can be moved, God's going to unload 300,000 for you. It really all comes back to what's your focus. Is it me being built up and becoming rich in this age or is it focused on Christ and it's all about a focus Kevin and this giving comes from the grace of God that he's given us to give to somebody else it has nothing to do with oh sweet let me just tell you the last one because I think this is a really crazy one prayer okay is um, it's a tool to force God to grant prosperity. I'll never forget you guys. I went into a Walmart when I was doing my dissertation for my doctorate 
Then I read a book. I saw, <laughs> I saw a book, How to Get What You Want from God. And it had a picture of a vending machine. They think if you pray for it, anything's going to happen. Well, Kyle says anything. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that God's going to give you a mansion because you asked for a mansion because you just wanted a larger house and a bigger pool. Could you please make that? I... Here's my heart in saying this. I want you to beware of the wolves disguised in sheep clothing in the American church. And it's not just the American church. It's across the world. You know how many silly emails we get from other countries? Hey, you just, you're entitled to $4 million. You know, all the, if you just give us our bank account. <laughs> sure, here you go. Here's my debit. <laughs> Come on. But like you guys, when you're new in Christ, babes in Christ, we give in to these things, don't we? That sounds too easy to be true. If I bless them, then I'm going to automatically be blessed. Oh, praise God for Jesus's uh, death on the cross. Now I don't have to worry about, you know, material poverty. Now all of a sudden I'm going to be rich. Like this is what we do. We twist the scriptures. <laughs> Satan literally masquerades. We're going to get into that even this week in light. And I just want us to be aware, you guys, that's not what we're after. Paul says, look, your giving will provoke others. Your giving will bless you. Yes. But look what it says in verse 12. In verse 12, it says your giving, though, you guys, this is huge, will actually meet needs. Oh, wait, you mean it's going to help somebody? <laughs> in verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in the many acts of thanksgiving to God. It's going to help people, you guys. This is why you give. And then in verse 13, he gets even more clear. Whereas he says, you're giving, praise God, will glorify God. Kind of tired of the big rings and the chairs and the eagles flying. I just, I've been, I have been there, you guys. Not me personally, but I've been in an office. I'll never forget this. It was a mentor in Dallas of one of the most well-known athletes, literally uh, in a couple sports. And I walked into his office and it was just enamored with gold. The chairs were big. The animals were flying, literally. Like that, it was just that feature. And I was just this little kid like, whoa, cool. I didn't know. I just wanted to get his counsel. Praise the Lord, I didn't get his counsel because there's nothing glorifying in what he did because years later he got thrown into jail. You want to know why? Because he lived in the bottom part, not in the top part. His giving had nothing to do with meeting needs. His giving had nothing to do with glorifying God. It was like, hey, how can I get it for myself? And that's what I want us to be aware of. Be careful about your teaching that you're receiving. Be careful about the, the counsel that you're receiving. Be careful that you're surrounding with yourself. I just wanted to meet the guy because he was supposedly the chaplain for this athlete. I just wanted to talk to the guy. And when I left, it was like, you just, yeah. Your giving will glorify God. And then here it is, number five and final. This is kind of cool. Your giving will unite God's people. Let me just say this with that individual. God might have already redeemed this guy and restored this guy back with the Lord. I have no idea. All I'm just saying is in that time, in that context, when I was younger in the faith, when I met this person. So my prayer would be that he that God would restore him to the truth. Uh, that praise the Lord. It's possible. Any of us, if you've ever fallen into any of this, can I just tell you this? He can set you free. How? Well, one, turning to the cross because he wants you to experience the richness of him, the forgiveness, the redemption, the justification, the whole. He wants you to experience this because when you begin to experience this of, of, uh, of just giving up of yourselves, the last point is that your giving will unite God's people in verses 14 
through 15. Look at this. Like there's something about everybody coming together then. They will have a deep affection for you. So when you give to them, and Kevin, I think this is a cool statement. When you've received money, it's weird. You pray for them. Like there's something there that's like, man, I love, I just, not because you give, you just, your heart is for them. They will have deep affection for you in their prayers on your behalf because of the surpassing grace of God in you. They've seen God's grace work in your life. So there's a spirit of unity now in the power of prayer in verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Yes, Christ. Because of Christ, here it is, that treasure, because of that gift, other people get to experience that as well. And Paul says, Please don't miss this, Corinthians. You have a chance to reflect Christ. All right, guys, this is 2 Corinthians 9. We'll jump into 10 tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.